Hi, I'm Nad B, and welcome to Season 5 of Memoria. Flash memoir adapted into bite-sized audio stories using sound effects and music. Each episode explores a moment in time that shaped a writer's life. The following story is called The L-Shaped Room, and it is written and performed by Maria Griffin. Here is Maria to tell us how she came to write The L-Shaped Room. I began by responding to a prompt that was about your experience of femininity or something along those lines and so because I'm aware that my mother was obviously a big influence on me in that area as it probably is for every woman um, that's where you first learn about being a woman and what femininity means. I started writing about her and then moving into writing about myself as a parent and somewhere along the line when I was doing that writing I, this moment came back to me, all these series of moments that all kind of melded together in my memory now when I look back at that time, the sort of the first time of being a parent for me and, and also there was so much else that was new at the same time. After the birth, it was as though I'd been transported to a twilight zone. Life seemed to be comprised only of nocturnal hours, spent bleary-eyed from lack of sleep, performing a series of actions in half-light. Turn on a lamp, keep the room dim, keep the room quiet, lift the baby from the cot, change the baby's nappy, climb into the futon, prop up the pillows, feed the baby, burp the baby, put the baby back into the cot settle the baby back to sleep. Every day was a shock all over again. Every day it was as if I'd just been forcefully uprooted from a decade of living single and unfettered amongst the noise and activity of Fitzroy bars and cafes and transplanted to the unexpected quiet of a residential street in the West. Now I felt as though I'd been propped up in a double futon, a baby thrust into my arms and then abandoned in a place that looked and smelled unfamiliar an unlovely and unloved house each night, every night. I didn't know the house well. We had lived there for less than a year when our daughter was born. I didn't like it much either. We bought it with its sickly pink, cracked stucco walls, its 80s teal-coloured carpet, its faintly odd smell and hideous carpeted bathroom because we could afford it and because from our bedroom window I could see the city, straight down the end of our street, so near and yet, ten kilometres away, beyond rooftops, the docks and the river, I could make out the Herald Weekly Times building, a constant reminder of an era of my life that ended when I moved to the West and had a baby. Eventually, all these nights merged into one long, delirious night, where I sat propped up against pillows in a strange, L-shaped room, breastfeeding in silence and shadowy semi-darkness, or lay awake, watching the minutes tick by until she woke again, caught in the tense and miserable grip of insomnia. The house became my resented companion through those night hours. At times, it seemed like there was nothing else in the world, just this strange house, the baby, and me. Our daughter slept in an L-shaped room, its odd architecture a result of clumsy makeshift extensions done over the decades, probably to incorporate an external bathroom and outside laundry into a floor plan without knocking down any load-bearing walls. One arm of the L-shaped room was the old part of the house, big enough to hold her cot and a clothes rack. The other arm of the L widened into a square, big enough to hold the spare futon. The house was long and narrow, and in the depths of those nights... The L-shaped room seemed miles away from its heart, the kitchen and living room, where there was warmth and noise and activity in the daytime. 
It felt miles away from anyone. At 3am, sitting in a self-imposed twilight, I felt disconnected from the other end of the house by darkness and silence and an insurmountable distance filled with a series of ugly, unsympathetic rooms tacked onto other rooms and a tiled hallway that led around an awkward corner and into dead space. Separated from us by all this piecemeal architecture and the soundproofing properties of brick walls and plaster, in the front room of the house, the one with a view of the city, my partner slept blissfully through the night, his slumber unaffected by becoming a parent. From where I sat, he may as well have been snoring gently in a suburb far away. I had never before encountered the depths of silence that can engulf you. When you're sitting in the half-dark down the back of a long, narrow house at 3am, propped up in the window next to a dark, empty playground, I could hear wind rustling the leaves of the huge gum trees along the footpath. I could hear cracking when the timber in the doorframe expanded. Occasionally, I'd hear a car drive down the street. I was alone in the world with my charge. I was a mother. Night after night, I sat in that room in half-light, stuck, a baby held carefully in position at a nipple. And as my daughter quietly fed, my exhausted mind would wander. At times, I'd snap out of an uneasy reverie, not knowing if I'd been sitting there for minutes or an hour, and realising with a shock that I'd been imagining vividly what I would do to someone who broke into the house and threatened the safety of this tiny, vulnerable person. These waking dreams felt so real. One moment, I was fighting off an intruder, then I would suddenly rouse and find myself sitting in the artificial twilight, the baby still feeding or gone back to sleep. Tension and anger boiled up in my stomach like bile, and adrenaline surging through my body. Only now do I realise that the violence of this recurring dream was twofold. There was the violence I was compelled to imagine myself enacting, and there was the violent force of some primal instinct that was pushing its way through from my unconscious mind to announce my new reality. I was a mother, and if I had to, I would fight to protect the baby in my arms. Um, so what I'm currently working on, I've just written a piece. I like writing about other people's art. Um, I used to be an artist in a former life. And, but writing an imaginative piece that kind of takes off from that art. So I've done a few of those for writing programs at galleries and for an artist and then recently for um, someone I know's performance piece um, and really loved writing those. I've been working on an essay that I'm just really stuck on and feel like it's not working and I've got, you know, lots of ideas for other longer form things that um, just never seem to get off the ground due to lack of time or planning or whatever so lots of different things on the go favorite place to write is probably just in my bedroom which is pretty simple and if there's a ritual I don't really have a ritual but I suppose psychologically sometimes it is just nice to make a cup of coffee take it upstairs and sit down and that sort of marks that this is some time I'm going to really spend just sitting here doing some thinking and writing rather than um, the hurried sort of grab of the computer and write a few notes before I hang the washing out or that sort of thing. So if I've made a coffee, then I'm really <laughs> devoting a little bit of time up there. And it's just nice that it has good natural light in there, which I think is what I really like. So a bit of sun coming in, birds singing in the trees. Memoria was written and produced by me, Nat V. The L-Shaped Room was written and performed by Maria Griffin. 
Each episode is illustrated by Peter Manning. Music in this episode is by The Blue Dot Sessions. You can listen to our previous episodes or see a schedule of our upcoming episodes on memoriapodcast.com. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts or any good podcasting platform. Until next time.